J-Bill for Real presents the X's and Xanafel podcast featuring your host, J-Bill. And this is the IDP Awareness Edition. This is IDP Awareness for week three of the NFL season. Well, a little bit of a recap of week two. My IDP Awareness Players of the Week for Week 2, and then what what we have going forward in the Week 3, some fantasy advice for those of you playing IDP leagues, and uh, yeah, lots of good, fun stuff. Got the Jets bear right there. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 yes. Uh, great to have a win this week, so uh, it had a win in that fashion, right? But that's not what this show is about, so this show is about IDP awareness, individual defensive player awareness, and uh, man, I am really excited. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to the show a lot last week. We had close to, um, I think it was uh, 55 views or listens between YouTube and Spotify, and you know, I know that's not much for, for some people, it's just like, uh, but you know, for for the first for the first ever version of the show um you know that's basically the inaugural episode for the idp awareness segment um yeah i'm very pleased so uh thank you all for tuning in and for being a part the newsletter starts tomorrow when i post the link to this i'll be posting the link to where you can sign up to the news for the newsletter too so make sure to sign up it's going to be even more in depth than what i'm throwing at you right now and uh but yeah so definitely make sure that you uh sign up for that to get even more that will be releasing on wednesdays obviously i'm trying to get this out now to you before the waiver wire clears tonight so that way you can put in your waiver claims for some of the these idp gems and uh let's first by start off by congratulating our idp awareness uh by putting the IDP awareness spotlight on the best performances of week two. So when I say best performances, I'm calculating things like, yes, stats matter and uh, relevance of when the play happened matter and uh, overall how important you were to your team. So if you got, if your team got blown out or your defense did very poorly and you had a big game, uh, I'm not going to put you as high as somebody whose defense actually you know, shut out the other team or limited the other team to 10 points, so on and so forth, you'll you'll notice a trend. Though uh, there's some uh, performances you can't ignore, and we're going to just jump in and start with our top IDP rookies of the week. Number one, we have Aiden Hutchinson from the Detroit Lions. He piled up six tackles, five of which were solo, two tackles were lost, three sacks, three quarterback sacks, and another three additional quarterback hits. So Aiden Hutchinson is our top rookie of the week for the IDP awareness moments. Next on the list, we have a... a we have him on the list for the second time back to back. And he's also going to be showing, Oh, these guys will not be showing up on the list for the actual position. We're doing the rookie separate, but this guy would have shown up at the top of the linebacker list. Had we been doing them together. So, but I am doing the rookies separate and putting the spotlight on five of them each and every single week. So second is Devin Lloyd of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He piled up six tackles total, three of them solo, three passes defense and an interception. Had another excellent week to start the season. Devin Lloyd is for real a, a linebacker that's going forward in the league. And uh, yeah, um, he, he's going to be one of the top. Uh, he, he's going to be top 10 in fantasy scoring this year. But moving right along, Derek Stigley Jr. from the Houston Texans. Eight solo tackles, two passes defense. Yeah. You know what? It seems like Houston's putting a defensive back rookie on the list every single week. Last year, last week we had Jalen Petrie. This week we have Derek Stanley Jr. Both of them are, are great deals, great bargains. Moving on to the fourth spot, the guy who won the game for the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night football, Jalen Watson. Four tackles, three of them solo, one pass defense, and then the INT returned for a touchdown that basically erased all that happened before that point in the game. And finally, we are closing this portion of the show with Jaquan Frisker. Uh, uh, Brisker of the Chicago Bears, 10 tackles, seven of them solo, and he was all over the field. He is obviously a very important part of that Chicago defense. We got some honorable mentions going out to Kobe Durant and to Malcolm Rodriguez of the Los Angeles Rams and the Detroit Lions, respectively. Moving right along the list, this is my top DL performances of the week. DL includes in, uh, defensive line performances of the week. The defensive line includes... Defensive ends, edge rushers, defensive tackles, and nose tackles. I do include edge rushers as defensive line as opposed to linebackers. So um, 
for you to know. So number one, I have Shaq Barrett of Tampa Bay Buccaneers, five solo tackles, two tackles for loss, two quarterback sacks, three quarterback hits, and a forced fumble this week, the number one performance for defensive lineman. Second on the list, I have Preston Smith from the Sunday night football game, hounding the, the Chicago Bears, a member of the Green Bay Packers, seven tackles for them solo, two tackles for a loss, two additional quarterback sacks, and three more quarterback hits. Moving back uh, into the earlier games that day, the Draymond Jones of the Denver Broncos, six tackles for them solo, one tackle for loss, two sacks, a quarterback hit, and a forced fumble. Coming in at four on this list, I have Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa tied. Want to know why they're tied? Um, well, I mean, yeah, I, I think that they're both, they were both, um, obviously Bosa's team gave up less points, but uh, Parson was, uh, Parson was a, I mean, um, Bosa was also. They're both in intricate parts of that defense. Their their teams won because of the defense, and they had identical stat lines. Michael Parsons and Nick Bosa had identical stat lines: four solo tackles, two tackles for loss, two quarterback sacks, and five quarterback hits. You can't make that up. Moving right along to our linebacker category. This is non uh, edge rusher, outside linebackers, and inside linebackers. Number one atop the list, another Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Devin White, 11 tackles, seven on solo, one for a loss, one quarterback hit, a pass defense, and a forced fumble. Moving right along to the Carolina Panthers, we have Frankie Louvu, 10 solo tackles, four to, four of them, four for a loss, one pass defense. Then we come to the guy who was suspended. So, uh, yeah, um, uh, for beating up a vacuum cleaner. Um, yeah, uh, I that that the Willie Gay suspension does not sit with me right at all. Like, Four game suspensions for a break in a vacuum cleaner. It just doesn't. I don't know. There's uh man. I thought I thought you actually had to assault someone or worse to get four game. Uh, I I get. I don't agree with the Willie Gay suspension being four games, and I'm going to leave it at that. So maybe I'll go into it a little further uh, later this week, but um, we're going to celebrate what he was able to do in that Thursday night game. 11 tackles, six of them solo, two for a loss, a quarterback hit, and two defended passes. Then we go to the Los Angeles Rams and Ernest Jones, 12 tackles, five solo, and one of them for a loss. And we wrap up the linebackers with Leighton Vander Esch. Yes, a name that hasn't uh, appeared in fantasy relevance for, it feels like two seasons now at this point, maybe even three, but he racked up uh 12 tack he racked up seven tackles for them solo a sack a quarterback hit and a defendant pass uh, a few more honorable mentions going out there bobby yoki uh bobby okereke jamaya wasu koromoa divine diablo and um christian kirksey moving right along to the defensive backs which includes cornerbacks nickelbacks safety uh free safeties and strong safeties Number one, another Buccaneer. Yes, uh, I was all over the Buccaneers this week. Uh, honestly, the defense is looking like it was two years ago, and I'm super excited for that, to be completely honest. Number one is Jamel Dean, five tackles, three of them solo, two pass defense, and two interceptions. Moving right along to the New York Giants. New York Giants coming in. I kind of like this defense, to be completely honest. And Julian Love kind of acts, uh, accents it. Uh, ten tackles, eight of them solo, one one of them for a loss, a quarterback hit and sack third on the list is big play Darius Slay of the Philadelphia Eagles from Monday Night Football he only had one solo tackle the whole game but he defended five passes and intercepted too like okay so what eight targets <laughs> uh, utterly ridiculous uh great for him uh big big play Slay Coming in at fourth on the list is Shavarius Ward of the San Francisco 49ers. Eight tackles for them solo, one pass defense and an interception. And then coming in at five, yeah, his stat line was ridiculous and he could have easily been at the top of this, but his team just gave up a ridiculous amount of points and some of them were definitely his fault. Marcus Williams comes in with 10 tackles, seven of them solo, two passes defense and two interceptions. We got some honorable mentions going to Mike Edwards for his pick six. Uh, which could have easily been on the list, but Marcus Williams kind of ruined that. Charlton Davis, yes, a third Buccaneer on this portion of the list. Nate Hobbs, Jalen Thompson, and Will Harris. My top five full team defensive performances coming in at five is the New York Giants. They gave up 268 yards, 16 points, collecting two turnovers and two sacks. Coming in at 
for the San Francisco 49ers, giving up 235 yards, seven points, three turnovers, and two quarterback sacks. Coming in at three, the Green Bay Packers only giving up 216 yards this week, 10 points, one turnover, and three sacks. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers come in at number two. Yes, only number two. That's so high on them, but only number two on this list. Um, despite all, all the individual defensive performances, they did give up 346 yards. They gave up 10 points. They collected five uh, turnovers and six quarterback sacks while scoring a touchdown. And who came in at one? I'm setting the precedent now. If you shut out the opposing team, you are you are in the you are basically one unless multiple shutouts happen. The Jacksonville Jaguars gave up zero points, 300 uh, to a Pretty, you know, to, to Jonathan Taylor's Indianapolis Colts. I know they were down Michael Pittman, but Jonathan Taylor's still there. You shouldn't get shut out. There's so much being made of that angry run, too. It didn't result in even a field goal. It didn't result in a field goal. Why is the NFL hyping Jonathan Taylor's angry run? Ooh. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let the Taylor hate come. You know, he, he did jack for you, Colts, last week. <laughs> Um, but yeah, 368 yards on the ground. Uh, well, it's not 368 yards total, so that's a little high, but uh, at the same time, three turnovers, five sacks, zero points. Those are my top defensive, uh, team defensive performances of week two, and uh, just throwing out a few week, uh, just, just throwing out a few defenses that I like for this coming week in NFL play before we get back to the IDP awareness parts. Uh, yeah, definitely the Pittsburgh offense hasn't shown us anything to believe that the Cleveland Browns defense is not a must start this week. So Cleveland Browns, yes, 100% besides behind that um, moving right on along the list. I think that uh, the Patriots offense hasn't shown us much and the Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens defense is due for some revenge for uh, getting shredded last week. I definitely love Baltimore in this spot. Um, Chicago Bears, Houston Texans. Yes, please. They're playing each other. And I'm thinking this game is pretty light on the offense as a whole. So I, I'm uh, I'm liking both defenses to step up. And uh, finally, just uh, my, my last my last fifth pick. Um, I'm interested to see what the Atlanta Falcons do. They collected four sacks versus the New Orleans Saints. Personally, think Geno's easier to sack than Winston. Uh, I definitely think the Saints offensive line is better than the Seahawks. Uh, turnovers definitely could come. They have some young players on that team that um, could, could get some things happening. And honestly, I have no faith in the Seahawks uh, offense because even when things were uh, things, even when things were going the best possible, they're still only scoring like 16 points. So um, 17 points. So yeah, there you have it. Those are my defensive team picks for this week. It would be the Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens, the Houston Texans, the Chicago Bears, and the Atlanta Falcons. So a lot of uh, the top defenses in the league are all kind of playing top offenses. So I'm going to stare away from that. But if none of the Buccaneers weapons come back this week, like, you know, uh, Michael, Mike Evans is suspended and Chris Godwin doesn't come back and Julio doesn't come back and Gage doesn't come back, so on and so forth. And, you know, Tom Brady's throwing to uh, to Cole Beasley the whole game. Uh, I, I think I might like the Packers in that spot, too. So. Moving right along into our week three previews that we're going to start with the linebackers. We're going to be breaking down a little bit of a uh, guy. You know, I I'm not going to be addressing guys who are the top 24 already on rosters. I'll go through very quickly uh, who those are. And this this segment is going to be. um. Actually, no, I'm not going through 24 names. Uh, it, you know, look up to see who who the who the top 24 that that uh, the experts are saying. Uh, you know, look top 24 on teams. We, we know a lot of these names. If anyone who's tuned into the show has an interest in the defensive side, side of football, I'm not going to insult you by telling you that guys like uh, Raquan Smith and uh, Aaron Donald and T well not not T.J. Watt this week, but uh, Derwin James are, are are in the top top 24 for. Uh, linebacker, defensive line, and defensive back, respectively. So, um, so rather than going through all that, that will be in the newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter. The news first newsletter is coming out tomorrow. Okay, on the uh, the Facebook page is going to have a link to sign up for the newsletter. If you want to sign up the newsletter, reach out to me on any of the social medias that are tagged, uh, that are tagged in this video, uh, or that are tagged uh, on on my Spotify. So definitely reach out. Send the email, sign up for the newsletter, and uh, MailChimp will be delivering it to you. So, 
yes, and that will have even more detail. But for now, uh, here are the here are the guys who are if you are playing in a in a league that has ten to twelve teams and you start two linebackers, just simply start two linebackers. You might not have the bench spot for the backup, though. You might be be rostering a third one. Uh, these are guys who I I would say are must rosters. Uh, that are probably not already on teams. We're going to lead off with Pete Warner. He uh, he backed up a 13-tackle performance with another eight this coming week, and he still has not yet made a big play. So uh, so just off of tackles alone, he is the number uh, he is the number two, potentially even number one. Oh no, probably not number one. Uh, he he is the potentially number two in points scored. For linebackers right now so um he, he could easily lead the team in tackles this year he has a snap count to back this up pete warner is an emerging star and honestly i'm not going to be shocked at all if he outperforms demario davis this year one bit so he is someone who is a must roster if your team is playing uh if your league is playing two two linebackers uh we're assuming that the standard um idp team uh idp team is starting two linebackers two defensive line two defensive back so, because if you're not doing that much, you're really not playing IDP. You're just throw, randomly throwing an IDP uh, position into the middle of a of a regular fantasy football lineup. So, uh, really, it's important to note that, you know, I'm just going to say this now. It's important to note that in order for a lot of people say the biggest problem with IDP is too much variance. Well, the reason why there's too much variance and reason why you could always pick up somebody to, to, to spot start for that week is because you're not actually starting enough positions. If you were only starting one running back, one wide receiver, and one tight end, there would be too much variance. As a matter of fact, fantasy football is all about variance. And, you know, uh, a lot of these uh, defensive positions have a lot less variance than wide receivers to be completely, uh, to be completely fair. So um, in order to play IDP correct, and I'm not, this isn't even open for debate, to be completely honest. You need to be starting a minimum of two defensive line, two, def uh, two defensive back, and two linebackers. And from there, you can, from there, you can have fun, go crazy. People do it with offensive leagues all the time. Why not do it with the defense, too? And I'm just breaking down, you know, different things. So this is assuming that 10 to 12 teams, uh, you're starting two linebackers. Pete Warner would be my top pickup at this point in time, assuming he's not already on a team. He really should be. Another guy who should already be on a team is Jeremiah Wasukorma. He came into the league with the, the talent to be the star linebacker, and now he's healthy and getting snaps. And as a result, he's getting the results. So, yes, he was part of that Browns meltdown. But, you know, the, the truth is you don't have to be you don't have to be uh winning football uh, you don't have to be a winning defense or a winning offense or a winning football team in order to have winning fantasy players on it and vice versa some players are better at fantasy than they than they are at, uh at the real game and some players are better at the uh at real football than they are fantasy and uh, jeremiah wasukorma is good at both Third on the list, here's a guy who probably isn't selected yet in your team, in your league, because uh, he doesn't come with much name name recognition, but he will by the end of the season. Uh, Macau Walker, he uh, he is a great guy who's the leader of the uh, uh, Atlanta linebacker core. And, um, you know, we've seen the Atlanta linebacker core produce high-end linebackers before in the past. Uh, Foya Luikun, Deion Jones, and... Uh, over the course of the past two weeks, he has racked up 15 fantasy by a standard scoring and ESPN scoring. Uh, he has racked up fi uh, 15 fantasy points each of the last two weeks. He is definite and he is starting all the snaps for that uh, Atlanta Falcons defense. So uh, moving right along, Zavin Collins, huge disappointment last season. But you know what? This year, he's finally getting the play. He's uh, he's finally earning that play. And he's following up good, solid tackling performances. And he's also outsnapping Isaiah Simmons. So the Cardinals' defense looked a lot better in the second half last week. So as the defense gets better, I, I'm only expecting the opportunities for turnovers and big plays to happen for Sam Zavin Collins. And finally, my fifth ad is uh, for, for a standard IDP lead is Ernest Jones. He had a 12 tackle performance after getting uh, this past week after getting 15 fantasy points a week before. Playing alongside Bobby Wagner has really helped this young linebacker. So next we're moving on to the keep an eye on guys. So we're going to call these guys to, to keep an eye on them. 
uh, category. And this is these this is for leagues where you're starting three to four linebackers, maybe it's two linebackers and two IDP spots because you know sometimes uh, you give give the defense a flex too, and a lot of times you're going to fill that with a linebacker. And um, you know uh, for for ten to twelve teams in the league, so these guys are going to show relevance then. Uh, in those type of leagues. So uh, Frankie Luvu, he had more snaps than anyone in the Carolina D except for Jeremy Chin and Xavier Woods in week two. Yeah, that means that he's out snapping Shaq Thompson and he got he got a huge productive week as a result of being the main linebacker for the Panthers. I'm thinking that that's going to, if I'm thinking that's going to earn him more snaps or 100% of the snaps next week. So let's, let's keep an eye on it. Number two, Drew Tranquil. Um, I said for a while that I didn't think that the linebacker, uh, the Chicago, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers had a linebacker that I trusted, uh, mainly because the the Drew Tranquil had um had some inefficiency in the past, but he also just didn't have a ton of availability because he, he's a player who was oft hurt. But um, you know, he's looked healthy so far this year. He's filling in for Kashir White and. Uh, yeah, I, I might need another week before I consider moving him up, but he's a guy who can make a raw, but, but you know, definitely a guy to keep, uh, definitely a guy to keep an eye on and put into the equation. Um, moving in on third of the list, Leighton Vanderesh. He's had elite fantasy production before. And then he just kind of fell off for a bit, but with this new Cowboys defense, with Micah Parsons dominating the way he uh, he does, Leighton Vander Esch has looked better as far as being able to pile up stats. And you know what? Sometimes these are uh, sometimes these are like secondary stats and whatnot, but as a result of Parsons being there, Vander Esch's fantasy production has improved. And Vander Esch is going back to being one of the future linebackers of the league. And then finally, for uh, my, my fourth option in here is Divine Diablo. And, uh, you know, he, he had a solid first outing, and then he piled up 15 tackles in the second week. Yes, this came as a result of a Denzel Perryman injury. So we do have to keep an eye on that. But a guy who's piling up 15 tackles one week when uh, Perryman's injured is going to be given more play time based off of that. Like to be completely honest, if if you're putting up the numbers, if you're being effective and um, uh, while the starter's out, there is a, ch- uh, there is a good chance that you'll see more play time when he comes back. And once again, we're, we're, we have him in the keep an eye on category. We didn't say that you should automatically add him because we need to see the, him, what he produces when Perriman is back. If you want to stash him, go ahead and stash him now. He might just take up a roster spot because all those stats might go back to Perriman. But at the same time, you know, maybe maybe you have the ability to uh, free up a bench spot for somebody who could be an uh, who could potentially be an LB one. Like if you're putting up 15 tackles, if you're putting up 12 tackles, you're an LB one. Like you know, uh, solo nine of them get the. Uh, yeah, so solo nine of them. That's going to get you um thirteen and a half points, uh, assists. Three of them, yeah. That's that's putting you at sixteen and a half points right there. So he has LB one upside, but he could also just end up being a rotational player once Paramount gets back. For crazy deep leagues, leagues in which you're starting four to five linebackers, um. Uh, you know, uh, guaranteed, and there's like it's a minute, it's the 12 team minimum, minimum. These are guys who you might have to be scraping for in order to fill the roster spots. Uh, I would say that, uh, if you're starting four to five linebackers, um, it it's probably because there's a lot of uh, IDP and you might want to check, uh, you know, a lot of IDP slots and you might want to check to make sure that the linebacker you're picking up is actually better. Than the safety that, that that you could pick up instead, like linebacker is the first one to go to, but uh, you know, past a certain point, the talent just does just deplete. And uh, yeah, I, I have one league that I'm in that where that that is 100% the case. And rather than looking for, trying to dart throw for uh, for a linebacker that's available, uh, it's much better to just pick look for the the top safety available and pick them up instead. So, but if these guys are available, then maybe they're worth the dart throw. Um, honestly, there's probably two guys on this list where safety 
or a safety is a better option. But you might be strapped. You might be completely strapped. Like somebody might have poured it too many guys, and uh, you're you're now you're now having to start a mandatory third linebacker, and your Willie Gay just got suspended. So and you can't find someone in the league to trade you a Cody Barton or something like that. So uh, this first guy I'm 100% confident in. This guy is a guy you're going to pick up before safety. Malcolm Rodriguez, the rookie from Detroit. He has looked a part of the rising star the first two weeks, and he his stock should only improve as the season goes on. He's definitely a guy who you want to acquire now. Uh, sadly, if somebody has him on their team, that's because they're probably realizing this. Uh, so he's probably not going to trade overly cheap. Uh, moving down the list, uh, Robert Spillane. He's the third linebacker in Pittsburgh, but he has outsnapped Devin Bush this past week. Um, he's he's a he's a good enough guy. Like he's gonna get you that four to eight tackles, like uh, uh, and, and maybe occasionally he'll spike a big play for you. He's not gonna cost you the game when you put him in. He's not gonna goose egg you, but I really to expect more than ten points from him. Um, you shouldn't be relying on more than 10. He'll fall neatly in the 8 to 10 range, and you might just need that. You just might need a guy who isn't going to cost you the game uh, at, at this point in time in, in one of these deeper leagues. Um, third, New England Patriots, Mac Wilson. Uh, he jumped uh, Jawan Bentley in the snap counts this week for whatever that's worth. He's a guy who, if you played IDP for a fair amount of time, you've definitely seen his name around, and um, he, he's definitely a guy who um, has flopped. But, you know, a lot of guys who flop elsewhere go to New England and become part of something greater. So, really, we're just kind of relying on him to become part of something greater as he gains more approval with Bill Belichick. Um, not 100% sure. Like, you're probably starting a safety over him. But at the same time, maybe an interesting stash if you really are just depleted. And finally, Willie Gay got suspended. Next man up, Leo Chanel. I don't know how he's going to do. I don't know. You know, he he clearly hasn't challenged for much playing time, but he is the next man up. So, uh, yeah, well, sometimes you just have to uh, maybe you're in a spot where you are the Willie Gay owner. You 100 percent want to get Chanel because you can cut Chanel when Gay comes back. Um, but, yeah, there we go. Those and. Now we're going to move on to players that I am concerned about. Uh, these are players who I, I, I don't like what I'm seeing at this current point in time in the season. Uh, the The first one up is Isaiah Simmons. He has on, he only played 22% of the snaps in week two. Nick Vigil actually outsnapped him in that week. And yes, he does have the big force fumble at the end of the game. But that was really the only thing he did that game. And what's more, like when you put him on your team, you probably put him on your team as, as a uh, a solid linebacker too, and thought he was the number one in Arizona. He definitely isn't the number one in Arizona. Like you, uh, the the case for him being number three isn't that uh, isn't that strong, and for him being washed isn't quite there yet. But at the same time, um, he's definitely Zavin Collins has definitely passed him. Next person I'm um, a little concerned about is uh, Aziz Alshair, and this is a guy who I had a lot of stock in, uh, unfortunately, this season, and uh, it just didn't work out. Uh, Samson Abukum, um has taken away time from Alshair, while uh, Warner and uh, Greenlaw are playing all the snaps. The truth is this linebacker room is too crowded, and Alshair seems to be one of, one of the people platooning for the third spot, which isn't always on the field. And then finally, Devin Bush. Um, Robert Spillane outsnapped you this past week. Miles Jack usurped you as the clear number one on this team. And uh, yeah, oh, Spillane didn't pass him the snap count, but uh, Spillane closed the gap on him. I'm not sure that this is, uh, and it was a sub 50, uh, sub 50% snap count for him. I am not convinced that things won't get worse for Bush until eventually. It's Robert Spillane starting alongside Miles Jack. By low, Foyaluakun. We've just seen some big things happening. And, you know, uh, right now people's opinions might be going down because Devin Lloyd has been the better linebacker on the team through two games. But guess what? That system 
with that front four, uh, with that front seven, with uh, Walker and Allen and Aluakun and Lloyd, is going to open up a lot for all of them. They will all have big game potential, and Aluakun still has the, the tackling floor. Somebody might be getting to start because they they took him as the 190 tackle guy from last season, and they might be trying to uh, to do a salvage move with him. Take advantage of that and uh, get yourself a guy who. Uh, is going to be consistent for you every week and occasionally spike you a big one. By low, Shaquille Leonard. Uh, somebody just might be getting impatient to find out if this is the week that Leonard is actually coming back. Uh, he has had some injury history. And to make matters worse, the Colts the, the Colts just gave up uh, a 24-0 loss to the Texans. Uh, Colts stock is down right now. And um, yeah. If you're in a league with an impatient Shaquille Leonard owner, scoop him up. Sell high, Isaiah Simmons. I know I just trashed Isaiah Simmons, but there's someone who's still holding on to the fact that he had uh, great, uh, strong fantasy production last year. And that person might be willing to buy him for more than he is worth, than he is going to be worth the rest of the season. And uh, finally, sell high, Samson, uh, San Francisco linebackers. Honestly, you have four good linebackers on the team, and uh, someone might be saying, "Oh, you can't win! Uh, you can't win an IDP league by trading away Fred Warner." You can if you're trading away Fred Warner for what Fred Warner was uh, was, was valued at his peak, and no one has any reason to think that's not going to be, um, except unless they're really taking uh, Al Shire and uh, and Abukum seriously, which I am. So, um, any San Francisco linebacker that you can get a uh, that you can get a peak return on, you do it. And you do it now before people realize that um, there's a lot of them. Moving right along to the defensive lines, these are my must roster. So uh, once again, the must roster are is referring to the smaller leagues and lesser positions, followed by the uh, mid-sized leagues with, uh, um, uh, with the mid-sized positions. And then, you know, uh, that's to keep an eye on. And then finally in crazy deep leagues. So I'm not going to explain it anymore. I'm just going to go charging forward. Number one, for the must roster list, Christian Wilkins. Uh, yeah, he is in some formats. He is the number one scoring defensive lineman currently. And he is the heart and soul of that Miami defense. And uh, yeah, um, that Miami defense is going to put up big plays this year. It did, uh, it did the week one. It did in the second half of their, uh, of the Baltimore game. And uh, yeah, I am, all over Christian Wilkins be like there, there's only a select number of defensive tackles that deserve to be rostered in fantasy. Christian Wilkins is one of them. And number two, Jeffrey Simmons is another, I get it. He had, he didn't have a great showing versus Buffalo, but the truth is uh, that game got out of control pretty quickly. And um, yeah, there wasn't much that he could do. So he um, one bad week, isn't going to sway me off of a guy who is easily a top three defensive tackle in my opinion. So Christian Wilkins and Jeffrey Simmons need to be on rosters. They're two of the guys, they're two of the defensive tackles that really represent defensive line well in fantasy. Number three, Aiden Hutchinson. Yes, the talent 100% is uh, there. We saw it, and he. we were just waiting for the first big game to make him an auto start. And, uh, yeah, I think three sacks qualifies as a big game. Next on the list, we have Josh Allen. Uh, honestly, it's hard to believe that Josh Allen isn't uh, amongst the 24 most rostered defensive uh, defensive linemen, but somehow he's not. And uh, yeah, um, maybe there was people thinking that Trayvon Walker would take too much from him. I think it's pretty clear that he uh, that, that him and Walker might not have big weeks the same week, but they're both capable of big weeks and they're both capable of um, uh, of winning you some games along the way. And then coming in at five, uh, didn't put Trayvon Walker here, oddly enough. Uh, I probably should have put Tra Trayvon Walker and, and Aiden Hutchinson in the same category, but Aiden Hutchinson has the clear, um, he is the guy for Detroit. So uh, whereas there's multiple guys for Jacksonville, I put Preston Smith here because the truth is that Preston Smith uh, has been a reliable de de starting defensive lineman before in fantasy, and now he his value goes up on an elite Packers defense. One, four to keep an eye on. Number one is Trayvon Walker. Yes, um, once again, uh, the whole linebacker edge rusher situation with Jacksonville needs to be rostered. This is this one is um, uh, the only reason why he's here on the keep an eye uh, on category is because he did have 
a poor week too. So if you want, if you feel like you need to monitor that, uh, the truth is I should have, I could have easily put him as the number six in the must roster category, but I'm doing it as five, four, four. So he just falls to the uh, keep an eye on category here. So, um, which maybe I shouldn't be so rigid with the format. Maybe I should switch it up. Uh, I'll give it some thought and come back to you on that. So I, I, def I definitely still view Trayvon Walker as a must roster. So uh, Uchina Nwasu. So yeah, uh, from Seattle, he had an elite performance week one and he backed it up with a pretty decent performance on week two. Um, and really when it comes down to it, Seattle's defensive line is pretty decent. And he kind of is the leader on that defensive line. So yeah, I don't think that he's going to fade, but I, I'm not putting him on my roster yet. I need to see a little more first. Uh, Rashawn Gary, he was a must-grab for me last week, but you know the truth is uh, Preston Smith er, emerged a little more, and Rashawn Gary hasn't really had that breakout game yet this uh and he's not hasn't reached the 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 pin, uh the pinnacle pressuring that he was at last season but i'm not concerned like he he's going to put he's going to put you into um um if he's starting on your team later on he's going to help put you into contention he is as uh, he, he's got all the tools that uh that, that you need to succeed in this league as an elite defensive lineman and um yeah, um, if you want to wait to see the big performance, I 100% get you not wanting to roster him at this point. But uh, a, a guy like, for me, I, I just plugged him in for everywhere where I lost TJ Watt. And I I can't say, I mean, I, I'm pleased enough with the results. Obviously, he's not Watt, but at the same time, at least I'm not uh, losing because he's in my lineup. And number four, it's Greg Rousseau. Uh, he seems to have benefited the most from having Von Miller along the line of him. Two solid weeks in the books. I want to see a little bit more, but uh, if, I, if I need a defensive end, he's a good one to get right now. In crazy deep leagues, number one is Rashawn Green. Um, uh, Rasheem Green. He had a huge performance uh, in his first uh, in his first uh, week of the season, uh, which was week two. So, um yeah, um, both with uh, he his snap count was right on par with Jonathan Greenard's and Jerry Hughes's, and uh, yeah, I'm expecting him to add good depth to a Houston defensive line that uh, is quietly going to be getting better this year. So I, I'm looking forward to see what's in store here. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm not rushing out to put him on most of the, um, on most of my teams, but maybe there is a league where. Like if you didn't prioritize defensive line move, which I always do, so I do pr prioritize them because the drop off on defensive linemen is I feel is steeper than the drop off on running back whenever it actually hits. So, uh, so I'm probably not going to be going with uh, with any of these guys. But these, well, actually, no, there's a guy on this list that I that I do have on my team, but that's more for dynasty purposes. So, but yeah, Rasheen Green is definitely someone who, if you need that help, because and. He didn't prioritize DL earlier on. He could definitely help you out. He could more than likely get you some, some uh, nice boom, boom and bust type for production throughout the year. Uh, Quiddy pay. Yeah. He didn't have, do so great this week, but um, that first week shows that uh, what he can do with Yannick on the line. Once Leonard gets back, I think this defense is going to function more, uh, more, um, more properly and uh yeah i'm looking forward to seeing what this defense is going to look like completely together and i'm sure quitty pay is going to be a huge part of it chris jones uh he may have rewound the clock a little now i'm not saying that you shouldn't uh he might have already be rostered because of name recognition but um he's looking more like the jones of three years ago than he was uh, the jones of last year so um yeah i'm definitely keeping an eye and if i need that defensive tackle i'm scooping him up and finally, Dominique Robinson. He did not do anything week two after having a sack and a half week one. But there were things that he did week one that showed flashes of dominance. And I'm not gonna keep a I'm not gonna keep a guy off off of my radar, radar just because they had a zero point production to follow that up. Flashes of dominance. The reason why you see flashes of dominance is because there are flashes of dominance. He's a rookie. He'll get it figured out. If he doesn't, he was a stash anyway. He caught him.
concerned concerned about Bud Dupree. Uh, not only did he get injured, but before he got injured this game, uh, Rashad Weaver was taking over the role of the main uh, of the main edge rusher. So Dupree has had an injury history. Weaver's already usurped him, and um, yeah, let's see how this plays out. <laughs> I don't think it ends well for Dupree. Uh, next, Jonathan Greenard. Uh, Jerry Hughes, the big week one. Rashawn Green, the big week two. They're all playing right around the same uh, uh, snap counts. But the problem is you potentially, in a deeper IDP league, drafted Greenard. And he, he was the player who was supposed to be the guy. So uh, I, I'm a little concerned there at this point in time. And uh, finally, Demarcus Lawrence. Like, seriously, um, Parsons has been making everyone look good on that defense. And D-Law still doesn't have a sack. Mildly concerning. By low, TJ Watt. Somebody is thinking that TJ Watt isn't worth the, the their last IR spot right now. Like it's like, can I can I really survive another five weeks? I'm not saying that they would ever think of cutting him or that they would ever think of uh selling him cheap, but for the amount of difference that he makes, if you if they're charging anything less than TJ Watt price, you buy it. Because I'll tell you what. Six weeks from now, it's going to be T.J. Watt again. And he's going to go back to dominating uh, the defensive line position. And not, probably not in six weeks, probably more like in eight. He'll be dominating the position again. But uh, you're not going to get a, a wider a wider uh, margin of um, points versus position probably from anywhere else at that, at that point in time during the season. So pick him up now. Be happy later. Matthew Judon, he has quietly collected two sacks so far this season. Um, Pats were dominated in one game, and uh, the Pats versus Steelers does not have the appeal that it did before. There is a chance that his production, his consistent production, and the two sacks that he's gotten has flown under the radar, especially with all the new shiny toys like the Walkers and the Hutchinsons and the emer other emerging players. Like there, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of shiny going on and some of it's real gold, some of it's fool's gold, but um, you know, it's uh, the, the, the truth is that Matthew Judon still is real gold when it comes to the position. It's just, he's fine a little under the radar now. Good time to scoop him up. Sell high Alex Highsmith. Someone out there believes that Alex still believes that Alex Highsmith is going to be filling in for TJ Watt. Maybe it's the Watt owner. Maybe the Watt owner is scared that he didn't get the protection out of um, uh, out of whoever he streamed last week. Maybe he picked up Jonathan Greenard uh, to, to stream. Maybe he picked up Dominic Robinson because of the flashes, and he just didn't like the results of what happened, and is now panicking. It's like, yeah, no, I need to get the big guy. Um, Alex Highsmith is on team. He's going to get the replacement sacks. Doesn't matter that he didn't do so great week two. He still had that dynamic week one. And that person will potentially overpay for Alex Highsmith at this point. When the truth is, Alex Highsmith isn't the same player without TJ Watt as he is with. And at this current point in time, not everyone is aware of that. This might be the high point of the season to trade Alex Highsmith if you have the ability to trade him as an elite defensive lineman. And uh, next, Chris Jones. Again, somebody is remembering three years ago, Chris Jones had the two sacks, Thursday night football, nationally televised game. It's like, oh my goodness, Chris Jones is back. You're not going to think that he's 28 years old and that he's past that point in prime. Um, you know, a, a lot of people will. Like a lot of people will remember that. Yeah, no, but he, he has dropped off recently. But there there might be that one guy in your league, or that one guy, that one girl in your league who still remembers how awesome Chris Jones was and saw the Thursday night game, and it's like, wow, he's completely rewound the clock. I need to get him on my team. Sell to that person. They're probably gonna give you more than you'll get out of him. All right, and uh just Just to remind you, Chase Young is coming back at some point. He may not be rostered. He may be on someone's IR. Maybe someone's willing to part with him because they need the IR spot for, I don't know, um, 
pick a player who got injured this week. Uh, maybe they need there, there's plenty of injuries that go around, so that so so they need it for uh, for someone else, and they might be willing to part with Chase Young cheaper than they should. Moving right along, defensive backs must roster Nate Hobbs. Do it, do it now. He's the real deal. He is he is the guy. He's going to be piling up these tackles all season. He's great at stopping the pass when it's headed to him. He's great at tackling people. He's just a really good tackling cornerback who's towards the center of the field and will be getting these tackles all season long. And he'll get some big plays to go with it too because because of the way he plays. And, you know, if you're in a league that gives you good points for uh, defended passes, he's really good at that too. So he should already be on rosters. Another guy who should, uh, you know, he, he's the only one who should definitely already be on rosters. Um, but uh, Marcus Williams probably should too. Marcus Williams is my bad. Last week I told you to um you know, to to wait and see, and I was fading him a little because the we you know we don't know what the Baltimore secondary is going to look like. There could be a lot of uh one big game this week, one big game the next week, so um a different one big game the next week. So there's a chance that somebody picked him up already. But the uh, the good news is apparently I wasn't the only one who wasn't uh who who was fading him a little based off those reasons, and um he's still available in a lot of leagues. So this could end up being a really special fantasy season for him. Three interceptions in two games. Third on the list, Jonathan Owens. He followed up a 15-tackle performance with a 10-tackle performance. Tackles are the shortest way to earn points in ID, uh, um, as an individual defensive player. So, um, yeah, uh, just a tackling machine. And uh, if we're going to do the math and everything, that would put him over 200 this year. Not going to happen. Well, I mean, maybe it will, but um, pretty special if it does. He is on track. Uh, Xavier Woods, he's only missed one defensive snap all season. And other than that, him and Chin have been on the field every single play. So he has had strong fantasy production the uh the past. He's on the field every single play, and he is on a defense that allows safeties to take advantage, to clean up with tackles, and to potentially make big plays later on. Jaquan Brisker, he has played every defensive snap this season. That's kind of crazy. And with 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 the insane rate at which opposing quarterbacks are avoiding Jalen Johnson, that just opens up more opportunities for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the uh, Bears in the secondary. Keep an eye on Derek Foster. He is only starting because Cameron Curl is injured, or at least that's the way it started. This week he outsnapped McCain. He backed up five tackles and interception with a 10 tackle effort. He has looked really good doing it. And he outsnapped the other safety. He might have started playing because of an injury, but he's definitely earning the time to stay on the field. Jalen Petrie uh played 100 percent of the snaps this past week and continues to make plays. Um, the reason why his fantasy production wasn't as good as it was the previous week, was because he was targeted a whole lot less this week. Uh, he might have, this week he he had, he was too good at being a real NFL um, defensive back that uh, <laughs> that he couldn't pile up as many stats. I don't think that'll be the case the whole year, um, especially since really the Colts had no one to throw deep to, so the safeties were going to get less. Uh, but against teams that are actually going to be passing the football, Jalen Petrie will step right back up into that tackle total. I'm not concerned about him. Uh, Jaron Curse coming in at third. Uh, he's not really a household name, but he's a really, but he will be soon. Like he's he he is a he's a dynamic player. Like he he's a really a really good safety. And um, well, I mean he he is currently injured, and we don't know if he's going to be back for week three, but. Um, Somebody might have been just going off projections when they put him on their team. And after week one, he got injured. They might have uh, been like, oh, I also have Dak Prescott, or I also have, you know, fill in the blank, Chris Godwin, so on and so forth. Um, I'm not going to give my IR spot to curse. I'm going to cut him. Check to see if he's there. If he is, good for you. You picked up a guy who could be a top 10 safety. And then finally, Richie Grant. He only picked up six tackles after recording 10 the previous weeks but he's on the field all the time. And uh, once again, he's another guy whose production went down because his efficiency went up. So 
Um, I'm definitely thinking that Richie, uh, Richie Grant was a guy that I've loved all offseason, and I will continue to be behind him. Moving down the list, we have Marcus Eaps. Once again, another guy who's playing a lot of snaps this this time for Philly. And uh, yeah, um, he's he picked up 16 tackles during the course of the, of the two games so far. And yeah, um, Philly is going to be making big plays all year. Their defense is elite. Their defense could be the could be the best defense in football this year. And um, yeah, Marcus Eaps is a part of it, and he's 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 a big part of it so i'm expecting some big plays to come along uh he's averaged eight tackles a game up to this point in time i see good stuff moving forward uh the honey badger tyron matthew his first two weeks haven't exactly been the the greatest in the world but at, at the same time um he he's still he's still playing he's still playing all the snaps he's a leader on that defense and that defense is an elite defense it's going to open up plays for everyone. He's still running around. He's still looking good. It's just the plays haven't been going his way. You know, uh, Jonathan Taylor had a little over seven fantasy points this week. Just because you're a big-time player doesn't mean you have a big-time game every single week. Only two weeks in, the Honey Badger has has been getting you fantasy points for <clears throat> for a long time now, and it's not, it's not stopping yet. Uh, next, we go to... Uh, Next, we go to Derek Stingley. Um, I left him off for some reason. So just want to point this out. Derek Stingley is definitely a guy who, um, yeah, I, I'm shocked. Oh, oh I, I guess we'll give an honorable mention to Derek Stingley and go with who I really had third. And third is Andre Sisko and Rashawn Jenkins. They're the two safeties for the Jaguars. Uh, Sisko is more of the... Uh, is more of the safe floor tackle guy. Jenkins has more uh, defends more passes. Both have taken advantage and gotten interceptions early on. They're, they'll both be taking advantage of a front seven that is going to open things up for the secondary. Honestly, I don't think you go wrong with either Jaguar safety. Cisco and Jenkins have both proven to be reliable through the first two weeks of the season. If you had to start them, um, and and yet uh, oddly enough, they were probably sitting on uh, on waivers unclaimed both. Uh, both times. I know in one league that I'm in, that is a really deep IDP league, Andre Sisko is available right now. So someone who I'm thinking of picking up this week. But yeah, and uh, once more, shout out to De uh, Derek Stingley Jr. Uh, he might be, oh, I know why I left him off. He might be getting to a, a part where he becomes shut down sooner than later. Uh, and, you know, that's important to realize. Like, I don't, I'm not talking about guys like Jalen Johnson and Sauce Gardner because uh, Jair Alexander, so on and so forth. Um, uh, whether they be rookie or whether they be veteran, uh, shut down fantasy cornerback, shut down cornerbacks don't translate into fantasy points. I wish there was a way that they did, but they don't. So that's the reason why, like, because so someone mentioned to me why it wasn't Sauce Gardner um, talked about. It. It's like, and it, it's pretty simple. Uh, he was he was too efficient week one for <laughs> to be talked about in a fantasy setting so so yeah uh moving right along i'm concerned about kyle duger um he's fallen to third on the patriots step chart and as a result of his snap count going down his stats have gone down he's taken a bit of a hit uh kenny moore uh, just watching kenny moore shows you that he's not the kenny moore of last season um if you don't want to take my word for it maybe you should just Look and see what the other quarterbacks, uh, what the quarterbacks he's been facing have been doing. They've targeted him eleven times here. He's given up nine completions. Yet, ironically, that has not led to a large tackle total for him. It's. I was about to say it might be time to start trading him, but the truth is, I I actually just cut him in a league, <laughs> or I put in a waiver claim that would that would cut him for me this week. So um, so yeah. I'm out. And this is someone who was in on Kenny Moore quite a bit. And finally, Taylor Rapp. Uh, we've seen a lot of the Rams defensive backs get involved. And we've seen Taylor Rapp's production and snap downs go down the first two weeks of the season. And now Jordan Fuller is the one who's receiving the most snaps on the field. Not a good look for someone who's supposed to be a top 24 safety. 
By low, Tyron Matthew, the honey badger. I've already talked about this enough at this point in time. Um, there's someone in your league who doesn't want to cut him because of the name recognition, but doesn't want him on their team anymore. Find that person, give up something that you don't really care about too much, and get the honey badger. You won't regret it. Next on the list, Xavier Woods. I think in a couple of weeks, people are going to start to realize that, oh, wow, Xavier Woods' production is better than Jeremy Chin's production. And that we might have just landed a top 10 safety because we thought to trade for him before people realized that. Sell high, Marcus Williams. Um, I get it. Marcus Williams could have a special season, and I, I told you to grab him. But the truth is, if somebody's willing to pay you for three interceptions in two games, you got to let that person rip themselves off, right? You got to let it happen. So uh, this this is probably the point of peak value for him right now. But only trade him if you're getting that peak value. I'm not telling you to just get rid of Marcus Williams. I'm just saying if sell high means sell them for a bundle, if you can get a bundle. Another guy, big play Darius Slay. Coming off a huge monster game, two interceptions, five defended passes. Like, honestly, that translates very well into fantasy points. Um, so, yeah, it, absolutely amazing game for him. And we've seen these games throughout his career. And you know what? If you're able to move Darius Slay after a big game like this, you almost always get more than you would get by keeping him on your team the whole season. Because sometimes the very next week he goes out and um, shuts down the person he's lined up against and uh, doesn't get the fantasy points. So he is a feast for famine player. And if you can get the feast value for him, you take it and you run to the bank. And that's everything. So uh, there will be more included in the newsletter. The, the things that will be in, included in the newsletter, I will be um, I will be doing a tier-based system that will actually show where where I have uh, um, where I have the players that I'm discussing and the top 24 that I'm not discussing. It'll also show who the 24 uh players at each position um the 24 who are on the most rosters uh, some of it will surprise you some of it won't some of it will be changing uh i will be that that will only be for this week i'm going to be relying on my tiers from previous weeks and my uh and, and next week you know after that so it's i'm going fully to the tier based system um but i'll show you in next week's um in this week's newsletter i will start with the week two uh Fan, uh, fantasy rankings from a from a from a combination of third party sites. I didn't take it directly from one. I I tweaked it a little based off of uh, based off of what I saw in one place versus another place. And then this week I will also be giving my tier based rankings. So I'm not going to have them listed one through twenty four, but I'll be saying these eight guys are 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 tier one. These two guys are tier two. So on and so forth. Because I think it's just better. Uh, Splitting the difference between uh, splitting the difference between um, Raquan Smith and Fred Warner is it's kind of a waste of time when really you're you're starting both of them at least for now they have been disappointing uh, up to this point in time this year well a little disappointing but you're, you're you're starting both of them and you're probably not having to break the tie between them because you they probably went within four to five picks of each other. So, um, and next week's newsletter, I will have my week three tearing and then compare it to my week four tearing. So, and from there, we'll be basing everything off of, uh, well, I'll be basing the newsletter off the tearing. And uh, yeah, this, um, it's going to have everything that I covered today in addition to the tearing system. And uh, yeah, uh, the biggest difference, uh, the biggest difference between the two, obviously, this show releases in time for you to clear waivers, but at the same time, it, I realize for some people it's just easier to read it, and that's why I'm giving a little more in depth because I'm releasing it uh, the next day. Because honestly, I don't want this newsletter going back. I don't want the newsletter detailing my what I plan on doing on the waiver wire this week to people who I play in leagues with. So uh, you can get it after I get my first shot, either that or you can listen to the show. And compete with me for my first shot. So once again, um, so a little bit of incentive to both listen to the show and sign up for the newsletter because it, the newsletter has extra, but the show releases first. Once again, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for being part of the JMO for Real brand. Thank you being for uh, following on social media. Remember, uh, like, share, 
uh, comment. I will try my best to answer any comment that you put on the page. So uh, I will try to stay up to date in the comments of this on the on YouTube so that uh, we can follow which players are in and out this week from a defensive uh, standpoint. But, uh, yeah, no, definitely become a part of the JML for the community. Uh, follow us, like, a share, comment, subscribe. Uh, all of that helps further the brand. And uh, thank you all for just tuning in and listening. I really appreciate it. If you like it, give us that five-star rating. Give that, that thumbs up. And uh, uh, sign up for the newsletter. It's going to have good stuff in it. So um, thank you again. And also remember to become part of our picks competition um, on the Facebook page. So, uh yeah. And uh Yeah, thank you all. And now uh I will be going like uh <laughs> like I don't know. Uh I I lost what I was going to say. Oh, uh, like Mike Edwards to the house. <laughs> that was to seal the Tampa Bay New Orleans game. Yeah, I don't. Ugh, not a good way to end. <laughs> but you know what? It's a way to end, right?